there was a report that out of the top 200 ai companies in the world not even a single one from india so that means we need to do a lot lot so again if we come in the in terms of investment if you see the previous budget the budget allocated for all these futuristic technology if you compare it with china or us it is not even 1% of that so that is the state of affairs means we have our own limitations government has its own limitations but even the startup culture those startups who are doing very well and who innovate and uh, who reach up to a certain level so they are also kind of uh, uh, bought by all those multinational companies thank you it's a pleasure and a honor to have you mr deepak so to my listeners who don't know about you i'm going to give them a small introduction and then we can get into the conversation so mr deepak garg is the director at leadingindia.ai and head of computer science and engineering at bennett university He's also the director at NVIDIA Bennett Research of uh, Center of Research and Artificial Intelligence, where he leads the largest skilling and research initiative in AI and deep learning in the country. He has done his PhD in efficient algorithm design in 2016. His active research interests are designing efficient deep learning algorithms. He's a senior member of IEEE, senior member of ACM, and life member of CSI and IETE. He is also an in-demand speaker who is the chief consultant for algorithmguru.com, a resource for algorithms. And Deepak is considered as one of the deep learning gurus in India. He is also an active blogger with Times of India under the nickname of Breaking Shackles. So thank you, pleasure, and it's an honor to have you on Change I Am Possible, which is India's first feature tech podcast. So you have your hands full. You are part of Leading India AI, Bennett University, and also the research division. So what keeps you ticking, and what it is about artificial intelligence that nudged you to dedicate your life to understand and educate people? what takes me actually is uh, the new innovations that keep on happening so that kinds of uh, keeps me uh, amazed that how uh, means once we think that okay the things are uh, going very well and artificial intelligence is going to transform the world but the next day we see that uh, we get a new algorithm or we get a new api or we get a new news that okay uh, that was uh, just a small thing something new has come which is uh, much more bigger than the previous one so that keeps us exciting means the world of innovation is great so uh, that's what we try to do at uh, all our workplace uh, through our research scholars and scientists that we try to innovate right right so 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 currently you know today there is lot of hype over artificial intelligence while the ground truth could be completely different you are super vested in artificial intelligence machine learning data science so could you from your perspective give us the current uh, space where artificial intelligence is right now and its capabilities yeah you are uh, uh, quite right that uh, there is a lot of hype about artificial intelligence anybody who is uh, working in uh, statistics anybody uh, who is working for any startups so they will say that uh, we are doing something on artificial intelligence artificial intelligence uh, but actually they may be uh, maybe they are making a simple graph with excel or uh, they are using some data science uh, tool so still they will say that they are doing artificial intelligence but there is other side of the story also uh, 
the companies who are considering ai as their business value so they are adding many more products and they are uh, transforming some of their business and including ai as one of the key components to do that so uh, means the researchers are a different story means they keep on researching that what new is possible but those people uh, who combine the advancement in ai as well as the business sense of it so there are some real stories there and even if you see uh, from very morning to evening we are already using artificial intelligence so when you open your mobile phone either with your face or with biometrics so you are essentially using artificial intelligence and then when you talk uh, start talking with alexa or you start talking with siri or google assistant so it is purely artificial intelligence application similarly in the day you 10 times search something on google so it is artificial intelligence so whenever you are making a smart payment anywhere whenever uh, you are uh, finding recommendations on zomato or swiggy or you are buying some product on amazon or flipkart so they all have inbuilt ai recommendation engines so when you are using facebook or instagram essentially they have inbuilt ai so already ai is everywhere so we can't say that uh, it is uh, not being used and recently also means there have been very uh, uh, fantastic stories around ai so whether uh, it is about alpha go or whether it is uh, there was a concert in europe where the whole music concert was designed by an ai machine so there was no human uh, intervention so previously the creativity part that teachers used to say that this cannot be done by computers so this will remain in the realm of uh, humans so now that has also been taken away a fashion show has been designed by ai so many paintings have been auctioned in painting houses uh, which have been made by ai so really uh, some uh, real stuff is happening right yeah so yes i i think it's a very exciting space where technology is going and, and all of this till now is also i mean in actually it's still in a very narrow space i mean artificial intelligence can do only one thing obviously really 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 good but yes i mean if people are saying that eventually is going to go to artificial general intelligence and artificial super intelligence and that's that's obviously later on we'll get onto that uh, uh, that that topic later on so you are the hod at bennett university so how has the pandemic and exponential technologies impacted learning and what according to you is the future of education industry going to look like in a post pandemic world so initially means there was uh, some doubts and some uh, confusion for some initial weeks in march that what is going to happen so uh, means the people were kind of dilly dallying that whether we should actually go online and there were so many uh, kind of arguments for and against it but now after 9 months i see that uh, students faculty as well as other stakeholders so they feel comfortable and now means they are in tune with what is happening online so uh, there have been positives and negatives about it i think the negative is only about the uh, increase in the screen time and the kind of interaction we have with the other human groups so there has been perceptible change in that 
and the positive is that there have been so much flexibility if you are a student means you can uh, uh, means uh, sit in your own style you can uh, be comfortable at your own place you can uh, means enjoy that luxury of flexibility and as a teacher also uh, there has been uh, uh, concerns because uh, teachers now have to be more up to the mark because everything is uh, streamed online everything can be recorded so it can be replayed so uh, means there cannot be stories in between there cannot be jokes in between probably so uh, i think uh, the things have uh, uh, become more qualitative because most of the institutions are recording the videos so that has put a lot of pressure on the quality of the content so that is uh, very good so even the online lab concept has also evolved a lot so especially for computer science students we see that we are using some virtual labs and uh, with that some new features have already come up where the students are able to uh, co-create and collaborate without actually doing any plagiarism so uh, some wonderful uh, uh, means evolution has taken place in that space also right right yeah so i i think this covid has kind of accelerated into adopting the digital world a remote work remote healthcare remote education is suddenly looking very bright somehow the education industry had been lacking uh, innovation you know on the other side if you see the digital platform was and has always been evolving at a very very rapid space the edtech space uh, the massive open online courses now this traditional education so far has been almost like a pressure cooker uh, it, it's it's expensive uh, it's creating huge student debt on the other hand these moocs uh, and edtech uh, uh, startups are or offering education almost free in fact there is this school uh, coding school in america it's called the lambda school now they have a very very beautiful model what they do is basically they they offer free education coding to all their students and, and the model is they hand all their students so they, once they graduate all their students are placed at some of the top companies and only and only if they if their salary goes above a certain threshold a commission is charged is this or something like this going to be the future of education because somehow i feel from my perspective the internet is become the new teacher podcast uh, there is github there is open ai repositories i mean if one if one wants to learn there is so much out there in the open what actually stops you is just your desire and intent so is all of these technologies which is coming in these exponential technologies like virtual reality which is going to open up experiential learning and take us out from the classroom and into the world where we can collaborate and learn from anywhere and any person around the world is this the future of education and from your perspective what could be the future of the education because i think there are a lot of very some of the top top thought leaders are asking this question right now what the future of education might look like 
Yeah, so your observation is absolutely right. So like one case study that you have told about uh, one venture, so a similar venture is already running uh, by IIT Delhi alumni. So uh, they have approached me also. So uh, again, uh, uh, what you said about that online courses are absolutely free. So even edX and Coursera offered many universities uh, six months to nine months free of cost delivery. And in our case also, there were around 900 different certifications done by students across different streams. So that is tremendous. So what I have seen is even in because of this online perception, the type of projects the students are doing that have also taken a direction which you are telling that what will be the future of education. So definitely AR, VR is going to be a key component. So even animation and gaming is uh, going to be integrated with that. So more and more people are now trying to gamify their courses. So where students uh, think in terms of what are the rewards, what are the phases, what are the levels of uh, how I can reach to the next level in this particular lab, how I can uh, get more stars in this lab, how I can, uh, means where I stand in terms of the overall student, means it is a real-time ticker kind of a thing that if you complete one assignment, then uh, your ticker goes up slightly uh, in relation to the other students. So that whole means thing is going to be gamified. So what many students used to think like a boring uh, education for many of them, so that is going to be a game. And that will be done mostly on the back of the technology and technologies uh, rightly you said are AR, VR, gaming as well as even the cloud because everything is being hosted on cloud. So a lot of things going on cloud computing. So many sensors are going to be there even uh, like you see now the new phones have uh, AR camera also where they can see the depth. So similarly the content will keep on getting enriched once we have these uh, common tools available in the hands of the teachers as well as the content creators. Right. Yes. I think the future of education is gamified. It's going to be non-linear and with tools such as virtual reality, augmented reality and 5G, which is coming in, it could completely democratize education. India, we still have a problem with uh, you know, complete literacy. We, I think we still have somewhere around 25% in India who are still not literate. Now, this, there is so much opportunity over here because literacy or knowledge is the tool with which you can do the impossible. You could be sitting in a rural part of uh, a country, but with internet and education degree, uh, and, uh, you know, a desire, you can create businesses and, and that's, that's the future that we are getting into. And this podcast is all about enabling people and, and showing India around the world that today we are living in fantastic times and, and these tools are, are at the cusp of becoming, uh, available to everyone it's it's us as a, a collective the government institutes the accommodations who, who need needs to come together and figure a way 
that how we can take this tool and you know take it to the the deepest and the most rural part of india to you know educate everyone because we we are living in fantastic times now what are the curriculum at offer at bennett university if one wants to understand artificial intelligence and what is the admission process over there so i think uh, mean the you rightly said i want to add into that that uh, democratization has already happened so if you see many of the housewives they are learning uh, new recipes from uh, the internet right you see uh, most of the equipments that you have electronics or otherwise if you want to repair so you have a video for everything so you go there and you correct it even you can see mechanics in telugu and tamil teaching how to repair your car or how to repair your scooter so those things are already there and the vocational education has a kind of already democratized and i can see uh, videos in tamil as well as hindi on deep learning on artificial intelligence and they are getting much more views than the corresponding english channels of the indian uh, diaspora so if we talk about uh, different specializations that we are running so we have six specializations so artificial intelligence is one of them then we have blockchain then data science then we have ar vr and gaming and cyber security and then robotic process automation so these are the six specializations we run so as part of artificial intelligence uh, basically uh, first they need to understand uh, some bit of mathematics and then they straight away uh, go for uh, machine learning uh, courses and then it comes to deep learning then they go about cnn rnn reinforcement learning and then they specialize either in healthcare ai in healthcare or ai in banking or ai in law so like that they can do some electives on different uh, uh, application areas so this is how the flow of the ai curriculum goes so otherwise means they also cover the core components of computer science as well so uh, the specialized ai courses will come to on average uh, one course per semester right right now artificial intelligence machine learning deep learning data science reinforcement learning generative adversarial network neural network recurrent neural network so these are various subsets of artificial intelligence and and they are extremely loaded you know for a common man to kind of understand what this is all about so could you kind of demystify or unpack each of these subsets of artificial intelligence for us? please so some of the platforms have already been created uh, by different uh, people where uh, you don't need to actually uh, program any of them you can just kind of a plug and play or you can kind of uh, uh, use them like buttons uh, in traditional sense so uh, and you can only fulfill or fill your values around the key parameters so basically uh, these are all names of different kinds of neural networks so deep learning is actually a kind of a new avatar of the uh, traditional neural networks uh, not much different in philosophy or the foundational concepts so in this deep learning if you are talking about uh, that you want to process images then you will uh, talk about convolutional neural networks and wherever you are talking about processing a sequential thing for example a sentence is a sequence thing where means you cannot uh, consider a word as an independent uh, part of a sentence 
or you are talking about uh, let us say language translation where you are speaking something or you are talking about uh, news summarization or all such type of things so wherever there is a sequential relationship there we talk about uh, recurrent neural networks and specifically this generative adversarial networks come where you want to generate something for example if you want to generate some new uh, um, photos of uh, actors or actresses so you don't want to hire a real actor but you want to create a dummy actor and you want to play it uh, in your movie so that has also become possible now so those kind of things where you are generating something new from existing uh, after training your model that is about generative adversarial networks and uh, the simple artificial neural networks where you are doing simple predictions on tables on uh, tabular data so for example weather forecasting or pricing of housing or loan prediction so all those kind of things will come in a normal ann artificial neural network right so so these technology they are growing exponentially you know the, the gans or the deep fakes they can have profound impact you know today there there are social media companies who have actually manipulated elections there are there are some of the top social media companies where uh, uh, fake uh, news has been pushed obviously there are some great things what Uh, artificial intelligence can do i mean it can take us into from you know uh, the from your uh, us being driving normal cars to automated vehicles and, and in the space of healthcare and education so forth so could you give us the pros and cons of the advancement of artificial intelligence how deep an impact it could create in india for businesses and common people the pros and the cons so you are right uh, the weaponization is very real so it has already happened uh, actually in many countries where uh, ai based content has been delivered to different platforms and it has been specifically built to polarize people and it has also uh, means uh, resulted as per their requirements so that is a very clear weaponization where the governments are being elected uh, by the use of ai similarly weaponization is also happening a lot in the defense forces so uh, it means unimaginable money being spent by china and us on uh, uh, means enabling ai for their defense purposes so uh, there have been already some uh, war vessels which are now autonomous so which are uh, without any human intervention so that will be more easier for the people to step into a war kind of situation and what has resulted because of ai is that you don't need to start a visible full fledged war so you can actually do a very small pinpointed interventions where you are trying to uh, attack the crucial or the critical infrastructure whether it is the information related or the network related or communication related and still anybody cannot directly kind of uh, put fingers on you that you are the culprit so that is a very dangerous game that is kind of evolving so we need to be uh, means uh, very uh, thoughtful about that and uh, essentially no single country will be able to stop it so there has to be again a consortium like we have a nuclear powered group so similarly there has to be a, 
means there will be a uh, group which will be uh, having key controls on different aspects of AI. So unless that doesn't happen, then there is a definitely a possibility of going it out of the hands and out of the control of the human race. So that is a real danger. And uh, if we come to the, like you said, uh, what the businesses in India are doing. So India is catching up. So catching up fast. But as of now, if you see, there was a report that uh, out of the top 200 AI companies in the world, not even a single one from India. So that means we need to do a lot. So again, if we come uh, uh, in the in terms of investment, if you see the previous budget, the budget allocated for all these futuristic technology, if you compare it with China or US, it is uh, uh, not even 1% of that. So that is the state of affairs, means we have our own limitations, government has uh, its own limitations. But uh, even the startup culture, those startups who are doing very well and who innovate and uh, who reach up to a certain level, so they are also kind of uh, uh, bought by all those multinational companies which are outside the country. And many startups, they start from this mindset only that we are going to be sold. So essentially means uh, at the end, again, we think that uh, most of our brilliant human resources, they are being uh, used by people uh, who are outside the country. Right, right. Yeah, so yes, you rightfully pointed out that artificial intelligence, if you go to see China and US is leading the race and we, we don't have a single unicorn when it comes to artificial intelligence. I hope that this changes. I hope that the government realizes the importance of exponential technologies. I, I don't think it's just artificial intelligence, you know, genetic engineering, IoT, blockchain, augmented reality, virtual reality, mixed reality, 5G. I think all of these are coming together and whatever which is going to happen from here onwards is going to be magical because these technologies are super potential and can create huge transformation. Besides the transformation, these technologies have got the potential to create huge disruption if we do not have a larger conversation. Because if you go to see, there are already individual, not even national, individual uh, uh, scientists, researchers from around the world who are uh researching deeply to create artificial general intelligence that is you know uh, which could you know uh, which ever country comes to acquire or develop artificial general intelligence will i believe will be able to rule the world so what do you think we as as India as a country need to look at artificial general intelligence and do you know of any Indian researchers, companies or individuals pursuing artificial general intelligence? So what I know, uh, know is that artificial general intelligence is definitely being pursued by many countries and some of that secretly. And there are some of the hints from some research papers that are currently being published in different journals. So uh, 
in recent uh, months a survey was done in india that how many researchers in ai are working on the core ai not on the application side of ai so that number was not even in uh, three digits it was in two digits so the state of affairs was uh, not encouraging and uh, most of them were working uh, on academic projects so means and some of them were part of uh, the multinational offices that have been set up in india so these were the two major groups in that so as of now i don't see any person visibly working on agr in india uh, so there may be some indians who may be working on this but not in india right yeah that that's quite sad you know because the, these technologies can completely create transformation so you are also the director at leading india.ai could you talk about that initiative and your partnership and your vision with it so leading india.ai was uh, started with a vision that it can enhance the ai ecosystem in india because there was perception that uh, the right perception that china is much ahead of india and we need to have an initiative which can uh, from uh, come from bottom to top so that it can involve all the stakeholders if it comes from top then many times it only remains like a elite uh, initiative and it doesn't go to the ground so that's how means we took the help of aict niti aayog then we also collaborated with nvidia amazon for their services and we enrolled 1000 plus institutions who were to be mentored for ai skilling as well as ai research so our target was to train around 1 million students through train the trainer program where we trained more than 10000 trainers so that particular target has been completed so we have created 100 plus research groups across the country who are working on different problem areas and uh, we also uh, conducted around 300 plus workshops across the length and breadth of the country so there were also internship modules there were sabbatical modules there were uh, startup mentoring programs so multiple uh, uh, conceptual tools were used which were necessary for building the ecosystem because the core philosophy was that if you give a workshop if you give a training if you give a skilling and you come out of it then you are just kind of uh, filling a bucket with water and throwing it out so unless you don't follow it up with projects you don't follow it up with internship with some hackathons with challenges and keep on updating their knowledge because the technology is changing very fast so whatever workshop they may have done a year ago that may have no meaning right now unless they have not built upon that so we try to build that whole ecosystem so that students can do some real projects from the startups of their locality students can work on some real data sets students can do some real internships so that is what made the whole thing exciting and one of the student feedback was that my association with leadingindia.ai was transformation in my life so that is the kind of work we did that uh, even if they spent one month with us so they felt that they have used uh, the most of their time and it is equivalent to multiple years of their learning right very interesting would you would you like to share some of your student projects exciting student projects that you have done so students have done exciting projects uh, that ranges from uh, healthcare uh, that ranges from uh, uh, media uh, outlets where they have done news summarization 
so where uh, means there are now many people who uh, don't like to study lot of uh, material they just want summarized news and uh, the students are also doing uh, projects on activity recognition where we are using uh, some drone footage or some camera footage from uh, means uh, where you can find out what activity people are doing for example if you are in a flood hit area or if you are in a area with a natural disaster from the help of drones some people are trying to get help so they are either raising their voice or they are kind of waving their hands so you can immediately find out and that can send a trigger to the agencies concerned so similarly in different situations different activities can be automatically tracked so that is one project that has been successfully done then we are also working on some surveillance projects where we can find out that across the border or across the boundary of some organization if some particular people are trying to sneak in so those kind of actions can be tracked using cctv cameras and others so yeah i mean there are projects in almost all domain areas in healthcare we are working on some oncology related projects so where we are getting uh, data from some uh, clinics and we are trying to classify the radiology data so depending upon that whether that person has a particular disease or that person doesn't have a particular disease so uh, things are going well right right all of this that you summarized you know i mean your students doing some something about drone footage surveillance project oncology and, and uh, getting summarized news together all uh, these these uh, whatever you spoke about once it goes to enterprise mainstream it, it i think it will completely transform and disrupt all traditional uh, industries and somehow from my perspective i see that we are not open to change we we still hold on to everything which is old and traditional and the future is is coming really really fast we are at the cusp of the fourth industrial revolution all of these technologies and once possibly maybe we have 5g by 2021 or 22 whenever the spectrum gets released uh, and the entire world is going to change everything is going to uh, right from your education your healthcare your training and simulation workforce ev- everything is going to change but somehow are we as a country creating the future workforce because of covid now uh, uh, social distancing is being pushed social distancing will lead to further automation automation will lead to further job loss all of these uh, technologies are creating instead uh, a situation where instead of 200 or 300 people at one point in time you used to require can be done by three or four people we are getting into the future very 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 fast very quickly we are at the cusp of genetically redesigning us it's might sound a very weird but this is what is happening in in the world we're looking at age reversal we're looking at quantum computing we're looking at autonomous vehicles and all of these are coming fast while our traditional education is is still hanging on to the old ways of linear education functioning 
are we prepared for the future of you know you know from my perspective i think we need lifelong learners we need to reskill and we need to upskill continuously are we pushing our students towards that direction what is your perspective on that so when we talk about the future creating the future workforce so uh, we are doing it in some way and we do lack in some other way so because uh, like what i told you the students doing projects so but what kind of projects they are doing is mostly application oriented projects uh, which uh, uh, in the future will again become some, some kind of a plug and play game so most of them don't like to work on the foundational uh, research so most of the foundational research is coming from outside so when those people get the patents on that and get the iprs on that and then they keep on building and then they keep on keep on earning on those iprs so that 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 kind of culture is lacking so we just use some github code and we just uh, use some existing apis and we try to build on something on onto that and uh, uh, teachers are also happy uh, organizations are happy that okay our work is going on but we need to change our uh, gear and we need to change our thought process and we need to build some products at home we need to build some ipr at home so that word said that this is the research which has come from india this is the product which has come from india so this is the system which has come from india so we don't need only manufacturers who are coming to manufacture their product and the product is actually registered outside or has its patent outside but we need something which is our own and being built by our people so i think that will bring a real transformation that will be a success story otherwise it will be uh, always a kind of a half truth and half success right yeah, yeah we need first principle thinking if we need to com- create complete transformation so you are also the director of nvidia bennett research center for artificial intelligence so can you talk about some of your research work projects or collaboration with startups that you are really excited about so uh, nvidia research center on ai uh, is uh, a very uh, resource intensive facility so we have a super computing facility housed in that center so we have nvidia dgx v100 which is almost equivalent to 40000 uh, uh, machines so that helps us to uh, churn our data very well so we uh, with the help of that only we are able to work on some of the key projects so even uh, in some of the hackathons we have done uh, we have also created some content for nvidia apis so where our students worked on some tensor flow apis and they try to compress the model so what we uh, do is we try to concentrate on the whole life cycle of the project otherwise means that that remains a lacuna in the whole uh, community that they only work on developing a model and try to prove their accuracy but that is not enough so you need to deploy that product also because it needs to be deployed mostly on mobile phones where the resources are compressed so we need to see that uh, uh, those models are compressed their size is less and they are able to work in a real life setting on a mobile phone so those things are very important that those projects are uh, working in a uh, real life situation so then another thing we are creating is we are trying to create some data sets uh, 
so that the other people can also work on those particular data sets and build on our research. So we are uh, uh, having different kind of cameras with different kinds of sensors and uh, uh, we try to create different data sets which are useful for some of the critical applications relevant for the society. So that is another thing we do. Coding, programming is currently the most hyped career option. You know, there are parents who are going bonkers and pushing their kids to, uh, you know, learn coding starting as early as age six. And, and somehow I feel that there, again, there is a blind rush to just push kids into something which is which they think is cool without deeply understanding what that tool is or what it could do. Now, if you go to see, there are some of the top companies who are building applications, solutions, which will not require coding. We are getting into the no code world. There is GPT-3 already doing text to code. Will in another few years, when machines do get intelligent, will coding or any invention or discovery or research go out of the hand of humans and go towards more towards the domain of artificial intelligence? Is this as a conversation should be taken to those parents and, and in the country at large that if we do something, it has got to come with passion and a desire to do something rather than just wanting to do something because it's cool. Yeah, you are right means I am also not in favor of uh, kids starting coding at the age of six or like that. So uh, because that is the period where they need to grow, where they need to play, where they need to make connections, where they need to know the world. So the another side of the story is where you said that there is going to be uh, no coding and auto coding kind of stuff. But for no coding and auto coding also in the background, you need a lot of coding. So uh, we will need uh, many people still because uh, it is not going to be a one integrated application which will run the whole world. So those different uh, complex systems will remain in place and all of them will need upgradation uh, in view of the upcoming technologies. So a lot of uh, manpower is required, but definitely the coding complexity is not of type which used to be before. So for example, now if we want to write a neural network, it can be a single line of code uh, in TensorFlow or Keras which may have been uh, thousand lines of code in C, C++ previously. So that skills are going to be slightly different and probably you need to know a lot of stuff uh, to get the things integrated so that it works well in the real situation. Not only that it works in isolated way and only your prototype is working. So that may not help. So, uh, but definitely coding will remain mainstream at least uh, for the near future that I can foresee. Thank you. Thank you. It was a pleasure and honor to talk to you and get your insights. I think we're living in a fantastic world. All of these technologies, I think, stands to completely redesign and transform mankind.
and the choice remains on us on how we use these tools now some of the top global leaders in the world like elon musk and some some of the biggest startups are not looking at certificates they are not really looking at those you know traditional driven education you coming from they don't give a damn about the certification they're looking at people who are honest hard working and have a desire and intent to learn more improve and build things reinvent completely i personally feel that we are entering a future of abundance what excites you the most for the 10 years and where do you see yourself in the next 10 years so i think uh, i consider myself fortunate uh, that uh, i am in the company of the people who are in the uh, futuristic technologies so i think uh, that is uh, the most important thing to have access and have company of people who are defining the world so rest means what you said if you are hard working and uh, if you are honest with yourself then automatically uh, you will be part of the world who will be making an impact of others lives so take care of your company and uh, take care uh, of the people around you and i think you will work well lovely lovely thank you thank you it was a pleasure and honor again to have have a conversation with you you doing a great thing with whatever you doing keep on doing that and to my listeners if you like what you see in here please press the subscribe button and until next time see you guys bye bye thank you thank you thank, thank you, you.